Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. Wonderful to have you all here. Please do go check us out on jangoldstein.com for the novels and nonfiction books and blogs and, yes, this podcast. And thank you, whether you tune in from Apple or Spotify or wherever you're finding us online. And um, so excited to add a new listener up in Maine this week who we were up visiting and uh, had an opportunity to uh, meet some wonderful people up there. What a great place to be. But I'm here to ask you a very specific question. And that is, where is the most unusual place you have ever met somebody? I don't necessarily mean what country, although it could be in a different country, a different state, a different region. But I'm just wondering, think about that. The most unusual meeting place you've ever had. I once knew someone who met on the top of a mountain in Korea where they have locks of love up on the top that, and uh, I've talked about on this podcast. But perhaps one of the most unusual places I've ever heard of two people meeting is in the middle of a frozen lake. Yes, you heard me right. The middle of a frozen lake. What's happening right now is our lakes and rivers and so forth are not freezing as solid as they used to. We're going through some of our warmest winters. Uh, Even though you may have a cold snap, we're going through one of our uh, warmest winters, we're told, on record. Uh, And climate change is real, and there is a lot happening that is affecting nature. Um, Used to be in Vermont, we'd play... uh, Pond hop hockey classics um, on the frozen ponds and frozen lakes. And yet recently, I know just this week, uh, one was canceled in Vermont, where I'm from. It just can't be played. It's not uh, the lake, not as frozen as it used to be. But in the old days, I am told a story by my late grandmother that is most unusual. Uh, And that was of a meeting that she discovered uh, had taken place and that she remembered noting uh, in a diary. And this was a meeting that took place on Lake Champlain. Now, in those days, back in the old, old days when these things happened, uh, my grandfather on my mother's side, Alfred Butterfield, was a country doctor. And oftentimes, people didn't pay with money, and they certainly didn't have Venmo and checking accounts and things that they could draw on. They paid you with what they had uh, of worth. And in this case, it was furs from the mountains surrounding North Troy, Vermont. And someone or some ones would pay my grandfather when he would come to their home to 
um, see to their needs, their health needs and so forth, or to deliver their babies or to deliver some medicine or to take care of them in their uh, ill health. As a country doctor, they would say, I don't have the money, but I, I have these furs. And they would sometimes pay him in furs. And what would he do with those? Well, he had decided that he would like those furs turned into a coat for his wife, my grandmother. And so he contacted a furrier, somebody who would sew these furs together and create a coat. And this person lived on the other side of the lake from Vermont, which was New York. And he lived in Plattsburgh, New York, this furrier, and uh, who had fled the old country back in Poland, had left where they were holding, um, there were attacks on his village and the Cossacks and so forth, and had made his way to the United States and set up shop as a furrier, a tailor furrier, someone who would sew and, and create and fashion um, out of uh, the furs, a co- coat. So they decided to meet in the middle of Lake Champlain. One would come from Vermont and one would come from New York. And they made their way across the ice, the furrier coming from Plattsburgh, New York, the country doctor coming from Burlington, Vermont, had come from North Shore to Burlington and had walked out on the ice, and they met in the middle of the lake. And years, years later, my grandmother looked up about that meeting and found notated in the story that her husband, Alfred, had told her about it, that the name of the furrier was Max Goldstein. Now, Max Goldstein was my father's father. Alfred Butterfield was my mother's father. Years before my mom and dad would meet and marry, their fathers met in a transaction in the middle of a frozen lake between the borders of Vermont and New York. They met on the frozen ice and Dr. Alfred Butterfield presented his furs and Max Goldstein, the furrier from the old country, the border of Poland and Russia, took them in. They each went back to their homes and what would happen is Max worked on that amongst other work that he would do, fashioned a fur coat and the following winter, When the lake froze again, they'd meet again. And the transaction was completed. Max Goldstein presented the fur coat to Dr. Alfred Butterfield. Dr. Alfred Butterfield paid him for his work. Neither one of them knowing that their children would meet in the future, marry one another, and settle down in Vermont. Now, I share that story First of all, because it blows my mind, 
It's an absolutely incredible story. And if I've ever referred to it during the uh, two years of roughly of this podcast, um, I, I could not find any note that I had mentioned it. But if I have, it bears reminding, just as good stories do, of how remarkable and serendipitous the world can be, don't you find? Just like I'm, my wife and I met this wonderful couple up in Maine recently, and we shared stories and where we're back and where we're from. I always share my New England roots. Um, my wife's from California. This couple had met in Maine, had ended up going to uh, different places. They had come from Massachusetts, but they ended up, one of them ended up out in California for a while. One of them moved to Connecticut. And they ended up meeting again, finding one another, marrying, and deciding to create a new life for themselves in Maine. That's what happens with connections and and unusual meetings. Where have you met someone that is so noteworthy that it stays with you throughout your life? Because meeting people, perhaps people we don't even know, and for a completely different reason, a business transaction, an opportunity to have something made for somebody else, um, a classroom, uh, some organization uh, in a restaurant, at an art show, whatever it might be, and you meet somebody and you don't even recognize until time has gone by the impact and the import of that moment. My two grandfathers meeting on a frozen lake in the middle of the winter never knowing that their children would marry and create other children. And I would get a podcast one day and be able to share that story with you all over the world of what that incredible meeting must have been like. Oh, to just witness my two grandfathers, neither one of whom I would ever meet both of whom died before I was born. But I I hold in my heart and in my mind's eye the beauty of that meeting. I perhaps give it more significance since for them it was a business transaction. I give it the significance that the past can sometimes serve as as a foundation for our future, I give it a significance because of what I know about what happened years later where their son and daughter met and married and changed certainly my life. Who has changed yours? What meeting has had an import that you didn't see at the time And perhaps you see now, perhaps you have stories of relatives meeting who wouldn't have known what the future would hold or others 
of significance who weren't significant at that time but but would come to gain in significance in your life. I think looking back allows us not only the opportunity to revisit painful memories, but to relive where potential took place in our past that would bear fruit in the future. And it's that emphasis, it's that reframing of the past that I want to concentrate on this week. Reframing the past in a way that uncovers the gift that was planted then that would bear fruit in the future. Two people meeting whose progeny would join together and create a family. Think about your family. Think about the work you do, the people you're around, the artists you encounter along the way, the everyday person who perhaps pauses and says something to you that changes your life. My wife said to this woman we met in Maine, she quoted her from David White, who I featured in last week's podcast, the poet David White. Um, She shared with her the saying from one of his poems, whoever or whatever does not bring you alive is too small for you. Whoever or whatever does not bring you alive is too small for you. In other words, why do we give our time to something that saps all of our energy and drains us? So she said that just in sharing that little moment where she said something that inspired her. And this woman put her hand to her heart and said, oh, I'm going to hold on to that one for a while said, that one really opened me up. That little saying, that little encounter in a, in a restaurant along the road in Maine gave that woman a gift that seemed to light her up from the inside out. What are the gifts that light you up from the inside out? For me, it's having my grandmother share a story about my grandfather's and how they met unknowingly, unwittingly, for a perfectly mundane transaction of turning fur into a coat and a coat into warmth and the warmth that would become real for our family in my mother and my dad meeting. I wish you miracles and moments and the reframing of the past like my mom and dad had. When we think about who we've met along the way, along the journey of our lives, we perhaps uncover and discover seeds of the future that could never have been suspected at the time but that would bear fruit down the road. What fruit will unfold for you? What seeds have been planted that have yet to come to fruition? 
perhaps this week, the coming month, the coming year. Keep planting. Keep discovering all that matters. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and that's right, this podcast is All That Matters. Matters.